You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year and Luno SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Yes, good evening everyone and welcome to another episode of Sports Day on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon in Adelaide. A little bit of breeze around, but oh, I reckon it's been just a wonderful day. I don't mind a cloudy day. As an old cricketer, I reckon you could see the ball really well when you didn't have to squint too much. Char time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirst tea at Char time. Explore a ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char time fan faves. Ben Hook joining you, joining me the only gamer for the AFL and 2021 Premiership player with the Eagles, Daniel Menzel. Daniel, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks, Hoogie. It's good to be here. And you're right, it's a lovely day today. I went for a run this afternoon, perfect conditions for a run. So I'm very happy that it was a little bit overcast. I also went for a run and I'm going to guarantee you that my run was both shorter and slower than yours. What? Just tell me what a good, good solid run is for you. Yeah, I'm just getting back into it. So um, I did about 8Ks today. Um, only You got about five-minute kilometres, so... Right. Just building back in, but um, how about yours? Well, my run was supposed to be about five kilometres. I cut it down to just under four because I bumped into Tex Walker, would you believe, <laughs> in the street. So I chatted to him for a couple of minutes, which was perfect because I needed to catch my breath. So, yeah, it was pretty underwhelming, my effort. Uh, now, are you going to play footy next year? I am going to play footy next year. I play every game this year for the first time in 12 years. So I think I'm going to try and do that again next year. For the Eagles? Yes, for the Eagles, yep. Excellent. So a bit of a setback this year after such an outstanding 2021. I'm, I'm interested in your opinion. So Jade Rawlings, the coach of Norwood, it led them to a premiership this year. Jade Sheedy, your coach, led them to a premiership last year. Jacob Surgeon, of course, a, a really good coach as well. Could any of those guys cut it at AFL level? Yeah, they absolutely could. I mean, Jade Rawlings obviously has come from AFL level as a coach. Uh, they all definitely could be assistant coaches at AFL level. It would be a massive step, obviously, to go to senior coaching, but potentially getting in the system, um, that could happen. I think with, with Twig Rawlings, he's had the experience before. Um, he is a Tasmanian, so I think if uh, we see something happen with Tasmania, you never know what could happen there. Um, Sheeds, I'm not sure he actually wants to do that. He's got his own business yeah. here. He, he loves the balance, um, and I know that Serge is, is loving North Adelaide. So they've all got different situations, but they definitely could, no doubt, be assistant coaches at AFL level. It's really interesting. We've seen um, the soft cap reduce, and so assistant coaches at AFL level are working all sorts of hours for not particularly great money. And guys like Rawlings and Sheedy, I mean, Sheedy's been here anyway, but Rawlings has come here and just loved the lifestyle, and he really wants to make Adelaide, for him and his, Adela- uh, him and his family, he wants to make Adelaide his home so I just wonder whether we'll see a little bit of that that guys just go you know what there is all sorts of scrutiny and pressure in the AFL is it really worth the money when I can set myself up for on a reasonably comfortable wage and lifestyle and just enjoy my time knowing that I mean these guys are exceptional leaders and mentors they're 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 wonderful people so I wonder if we'll see more of that 
Yeah, I definitely think we will because you get to run your own program as well, which you do not mm. get to do at AFL level. You, you're basically told what to do. You've got to run the line that you're in. Um, so if you want to really develop yourself as a leader, um, have control on a program, then absolutely. And the other thing is too, it's probably a little bit more security as well. You come back from the AFL as a known commodity, I guess. You, you probably, Jade Rawlings is getting at least three years at Norwood before the pressure comes if things aren't going well, whereas... You don't perform at AFL level, you might be out after a year. Yeah, yeah, spot on. So let's just uh, quickly gloss over what has happened with the trade period today. We'll do a full trade wrap over the course of uh, the evening. Sam Fantasia will take us through all of that. Um, Billy Frampton has gone from Adelaide to Collingwood. It's for a future third. Brody Grundy is now a Melbourne player after being traded out of Collingwood for pick 27. Uh, the Port Adelaide Football Club has yet to do the deal for Asava Radigalia. 33 is on the table. The Cats bulking at it at this stage. Of course, Radigalia contracted. Uh, Magpies haven't done the deal to offload Oliver Henry to Geelong. Geelong are offering pick 25, and that's not cutting the deal either. Uh, Jacob Hopper has gone from the Giants to Richmond. That's a pretty complicated deal. And Hawthorne's triple premiership star Jack Gunston is going to the Brisbane Lions for pick 48, which I reckon is a pretty reasonable price. I know he's uh, experienced. Of course, Gold Coast as well has done the deal for Jack Bowes and pick seven to the Cats to free up some salary space there. Um, The one that I'm really interested in your thoughts on is Matt Crouch. So Matt Crouch seems to have been completely bypassed in this trade period. He's contracted to the Adelaide Football Club next year. It looks like he's going to be stuck at a club that, from a playing perspective, doesn't really want him. What would you be doing about Matt Crouch? Yeah, if I was Matt Crouch or Matt Crouch's manager, I'd absolutely be looking at another option. Uh, We obviously played against him in the Sandville this year and – there's just that sense that okay, he's at a club where they don't they don't see him in the plans in the future, um, so they're not going to play him even when he has 38 and kicks three in the sample. So it makes it really challenging. I think for Adelaide too, they're they're not quite in the window at the moment. So why wouldn't you try and get something for him? He is contracted. You actually get something for him, whereas you won't when he's at a contract at the end of next season. So it's something that you you absolutely have to look at. Um, but not just that. It's not great for the culture as well. I've been at, at clubs where guys who you know probably should be playing and they're not getting games because they may be a touch old. Um, it doesn't bode well for the culture, um, for all the players knowing that they should be getting a game. Kinnear Beetson from the Sydney Swans had this to say today about Matt Crouch. No. No, we haven't spoken to Matt or his management about him coming to Sydney. Not sure where that rumour grew from, but um, no, that won't happen. So there you are, not going to happen, not going to Sydney. I think Adelaide actually has a responsibility to try and do something for Matt Crouch. He's been a great servant of the club. He's been an All-Australian. He has done everything right by them. And right now, for better or worse, these things happen, but he's he's not in their preferred 22. Now, I think he's a really good player. I think he's got something to offer. But I think for Matt Crouch, for what he's done for the club, the club actually has a responsibility to find him another home. And I think they'll be better off by finding him a new home. Because you imagine Matt, if he's not playing again next year, like he didn't play this year, as good a bloke as he is, he's just he's going to be down. And he's going to bring others down with him. And I just don't think you need that around a football club. They'd be better off taking nothing maybe even pay a bit of his salary cap, but just find him a new home, wish him all the best and just make a clean break. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 
there's maybe another one. Adelaide might say, look, we don't have the suitors. No one actually wants to give up anything for him, which potentially is where it's at at the moment. Um, and so, as you said, maybe they do say, well, look, he's not in our plan, so we're, we're just going to cut our ties here and we're not going to get much from this. But it is going to be beneficial for both club and for him because at the same time, if you're a younger Adelaide mid and you're playing and you're playing Sanford footy and you're getting a game and you're going, great, I'm getting a game, but you're also looking across and going, well, that guy's playing a lot better footy than I am mm. at the moment. Um, it just doesn't sit that well amongst a, a playing group. He'll probably win a McGarry medal playing in um, the State League next year. And you can't have a guy who is taking up a fair chunk of your salary cap for a start playing Samphill all year and, and not enjoying it. Uh, Jason has called in. He wants to talk about Jason Horn francis and the mega trade that Port Adelaide pulled off yesterday. Jason, welcome to Sports Day. G'day. How are you, Richard and every, everyone at Port Adelaide? Well, I'd like to say that Congratulations to Port Adelaide on your king-sized deal for Jason Horn Francis. He will be good for your guys. And now, sign Ken Hinckley beyond this year. Next Jason, year, say, you want you want Ken Hinckley to be to his contract to be extended? Yes, I do. He would be a he proved to be a very good coach for your Port Adelaide team, and I believe. He should be signed now. Koshi, get him signed now. Don't muck around. Jason, thank you for your call. Extend on Ken Hinckley. Daniel Menzel, your thoughts? Well, I hope Koshi's listening and he uh, he's taking that feedback on board. I think that, look, it's one of those ones that um, people pull the trigger on these things and they're very happy to. It's definitely the question mark's going to be there if it is not extended this year. There's going to be questions next year if things don't go to plan, if there's a couple of injuries So I don't have an issue with it. They say that Ken is the man. Um, If they genuinely in the background think that maybe he might not be, then that's that's potentially why they hold off. But I don't see an issue with it happening. What about you? What are your thoughts on this? I absolutely agree with Jason. If I'm the Port Adelaide Football Club, I've gone chips in on everything that we've done with Jason Horn francis with Junior Rioli. I expect them to get the Asava Radigalia deal done. They haven't lost a player. They've got no draft picks for the next two years. I would be extending Ken Hinckley right now for season 2024. I wouldn't go any further than that. I just reckon you can have... One unfortunate year when you're trying to win a flag and they are going all out in flag mode. They are be darned whatever happens after 2024. They've got two years with everything that they're trying to put together. Resign the coach now. Don't have him second-guessing himself. Don't have him trying to sort of fudge his way through and finish seventh or eighth if they have a bad run with injuries next year. Just run with him for two years. He's your guy. You're going to do it. You've got all of the players. He's got everything he needs. Give him two years. And if it all falls flat by mid-2024, well, we're all done. Shake hands and move on. Yeah, I I'd like that in terms of giving him a one-year extension now. I don't think you can do that next year, mid-season. If you, give you him cannot. A, correct. You can't. You can't because then it, the question will be, well, then he's not your man. So absolutely, the time is now to extend it by one year. It does. It buys a couple of years. It buys that extra time. Otherwise, the pressure will definitely be there, and it will be there anyway throughout the year next year if he is not extended. So um, I think, yeah, it's not a bad uh, call by Jason there. It takes all of the heat out of it for the rest of the year because if they have a poor year this year, he is going to be under the pump. And it, 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 the debate ends if you've extended him for next year and you decided that you're going to give him two cracks at this with all of the players that he's got. Love to hear your thoughts, 8223 or the text line 0437 693 Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel joining you. Hey, just one thing I want to ask you about SANFL football. Um, 
you left Central District and went to the Eagles. Were you getting paid more money for that deal? No, I certainly wasn't. I, the way I look at it, it's quite funny when people do bring this up with me and, and think that that is the case. I went to a club that had uh, probably 10 AFL-listed players on their list at the time, and, and Troy and I were the only listed AFL players at Central, so there's no possible way we could have got more money to go to the Eagles. Um, for me, the number one reason was opportunities off-field and the, the way the club was run. That was huge for me. And then secondary to that was the potential chance at success. So you went from Centrals to Eagles, didn't get any sort of lick in pay, but you were trying to win a flag. Trying to win a flag. Um, and did. And and did, yeah, absolutely. So it was, I mean, it was justified just when we moved there anyway, we knew that. And then, again, I've talked about opportunities off-field business for me. Um, I'm studying an MBA at the moment. So there were different things that came up and were really important to me. But the other one was I, was, I thought about it and I thought, Never played footy with my brother Troy before. Uh, I was 29 at the time. An opportunity arose, and if we could play in a premiership together, that'd be incredible, and, and we got to do that. Here's my issue with the SNFL, and I reckon that you are the classic example of what one of the biggest problems is. The best players in the competition don't want to play for the lowest-ranked clubs. You were keen to finish your career, not with an extra ten grand in your pay packet, but with a premiership and to play with a club that is successful. What does that say for a club like West Adelaide and your former club, Central District? What hope have they got if there's no way to pick these clubs up from the bootstraps? Now, I know West Adelaide won a flag in 2015, but I think they finished bottom the last four years. That is an unacceptable arrangement for a competition to have year after year after year a team that struggles without some sort of arrangement to lift them back up. So we've got a situation where in the AFL, if you finish last, you get draft pick number one. You go to the country, if you go badly, you get extra points for recruits. You even go up and down the grades in amateur league football. Why can't we have a situation where West Adelaide and Central District get some assistance from the SNFL to be able to lift themselves up the ladder? Yeah, look, it's a really interesting one. The question I'll throw back at you is what would that assistance look like? Because there will be a couple of points that I'll make on what that is. Uh, Mark, we'll have to be quick because I've got Bob on the line and we do need to get to a break. But um, let's just say it's a marquee player outside the salary cap. There you go. Yeah, so the only issue with that is you have players at every other club go, well, we're not actually getting paid a lot of money in the sample. It's extremely low um, in comparison to what it used to be. And you could get a lot more money in the country, to be honest. So I think that would not strike well with players. The other one is, for minus the system, it's the, the CEO, the football manager and the coach, they are so pivotal at Sample level, more pivotal than at AFL level because they have more influence on the club. If you develop a really good system, a really good culture at your club, you are able to recruit extremely well and you can bring in players that you want. The other thing with West Adelaide, which does get forgotten about a little bit, is they've had so many players gone to the draft, the AFL draft, over the last five or six years, which has really hurt them. And so that's then meant that they've needed more depth throughout their team. So it's a big one um, that I understand what you're saying, but I just think it'd be very tricky in the sample to really top these teams up because then they get a couple of good recruits in and all of a sudden it's like, well, what are you doing now? Good point. Interesting debate. We might have it over the course of uh, the rest of the show. Bob has called in, wants to talk about Ken Hinckley. Bob, welcome to Sports Day. Good day, Hookie. How are you, buddy? Going really well, mate. Yeah, Hinckley, one more year. And the Bulldogs, they're going to go back to Footscray. Good push. 
I like the idea of Bulldogs back to Footscray. Bob, appreciate the call. So Bob reckons that Ken Hinckley another year. You're happy with that as well, aren't you? Yeah, I think if you're going to do it, you've got to do it now. And, it'll, and you, you you hit the nail on the head, Hookie. You said it'll take the pressure off for next season, which it will. So I think that's a great one. Um, and Footscray for the Bulldogs. That is, I mean, you, you'd have some interesting opinions on that. I do like the uh, the, the heritage jumpers, the, the heritage round, um, and just going back to your grassroots. So it's an interesting one. I don't mind that take. Yeah, I've got a woman who eats emails me all the time saying I should lead the push for, for the Western Bulldogs to be renamed Footscray. I, I write a South Australian sports column. I can't really write about uh, the Western Bulldogs. Uh, big show coming up. A trade wrap on the other side. We're catching up with Maddie Penner from the Adelaide Strikers. Trade up to continental ties this trade period. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. And Lumo, Lumo SA. SA. Aussie owned. Made for South Australia. Daniel Menzel and Ben Hook on Sports Day SA 0437 If you want to text in 8223 0000 if you'd like to phone in and talk about what is going on with the trade period which wraps up tomorrow night. We will be bringing you all the latest live here from Sports Day tomorrow night as well. Our Trade Radio update is thanks to Continental Tyres. They're engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Our trade update is done by our producer, Sam Fantasia. Sam, you've had your finger on the pulse once again today. What's been the latest? Uh, there's been a lot pulse. It quickly, I'll just, um, what do you guys think about the embargo on the trade period? So no trades can be lodged officially until 2.30 Adelaide time tomorrow. Uh, look, I don't mind it. I mean, if you're talking about you're trying to look after a broadcaster who pays you a big lick of money. So yeah, I think it's fine. that They want to be able to do those things live. I know it's a bit contrived, but... That's the that's the media world. If you want the big bucks from your broadcaster, then you've got to give them a bit of pay dirt, and that's what this is. It's fine with me. Great call, and the players will probably obviously already know before that. Every, everyone will know, yeah. and yeah, well, I mean, it's all staged. I, I get it, but it's fine. Yeah, paperwork lodged, but um, it's been done the day before. Uh, Billy Frampton traded from Adelaide to Collingwood for a future third rounder, one that was sort of dragging its heels, but um, I think he'll be quite good for the Pies. I think he'll be okay as well. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah, I do. I played against him a couple of times this year and uh, comes off intercept, intercept marks the ball really well. They could play him anywhere, to be honest. Um, just another one who just fell out of favour at his club, and you, you give him a crack at another club where Darcy Cameron's the one for mine. You look at Collingwood, he's, he's their number one ruck when Grundy's out, and he could be it next year. came from Sydney, and he, he's able to play well. He's one of the best kicks in the competition competition for Great a big guy kick, yep. and Adelaide got him in for a fourth rounder and move him on after using him up for a couple of years for a third rounder. Adelaide have done brilliantly there. Well done. Phenomenal. Well, they, they do need another tall defender, but obviously they didn't, uh, Billy didn't fit the bill for them and it adds some extra depth after the Pies traded out Brody Grundy to Melbourne. They get his big salary off the book. Uh, they get pick 27 back in return. He played just six games for the Pies this year as his injury held him back. Um, yeah, what do you guys think about that? Uh, the two big men pairing at uh, at the Demons. Yeah, it's huge. It's uh, it's one that obviously I saw Brody talking today, and um, and he looked like and sounded like he actually really wanted to stay at the Pies, yeah. and uh, it came as a little bit of a surprise to him mid year when the talk about it started to uh, arise. But um, no, it's going to be great for Melbourne because it'll give them the depth um, just in case one of them misses some footy as well. But at his best, he was elite. 2017 um, All-Australian, was it? Or 2018? Yeah. And so the thing is he he's mobile. He can move around the ground. It gives him a different look. And it's just an extremely difficult matchup for opposition teams. I'm sad about it, boys. I just reckon it's really sad when a guy who loves a club, he's invested his whole career to them, and then just because 
they can't afford to pay what they originally agreed to pay him. They decide to move him on. I think it's really unfortunate. And one of the one of the sad things about this competition and the structure at the moment is that guys uh, similar to um, Trelaw at uh, Collingwood, who was desperate to stay, and he was broken hearted about that. And that's they're really unfortunate things, just because a club got their salary cap wrong. Well, you boys were talking about it before with Matt Crouch, but I've written down here culture. What does it do for the culture when you've got a bloke like Adam Trelaw who wants to stay, Brody Grundy who wants to stay, and they're both really good players and going to be best 22 at their new clubs, or, well, as you've seen with Adam Trelaw being ripping at the Bulldogs. So the culture at the Pies has obviously got to be pretty strong if they can keep getting away with it. Yeah, but, but Trelaw and uh, Grundy are both in the best 22. Matt Crouch is a bit different, True. I think. Yeah. I, I think Matt Crouch... They should be finding another home for him. He doesn't want to leave either. I understand that, but he wants to be playing. Yeah. I mean, that's more important, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think that um, people don't look at this from the player's perspective and from the player's side as well. They go, yeah, okay, this guy went to this team. All great. We got Brody Grundy. But um, absolutely, the player's the one who are moving around in this, and they've been guaranteed a contract as well. So it is an interesting one, no doubt. I'll run through a few quick ones before we get to Radical Ear because I know you want to have a bit of a say on this one, Hooky. Uh, Jacob Hopper's been traded from the Giants to Richmond, uh, future first rounder and pick 31 with some later pick swaps. Hawks, Jack Gunston is off to the Lions in exchange for a future fourth round pick and pick 48. Jack Bowes to Geelong and pick seven in exchange for a future third rounder. And there's talks about Oliver Henry potentially going through the draft if a deal can't be struck. And also a potential three-club trade between the Swans, Demons, and Essendon involving Aaron Francis and Sam Wiedemann. But we'll get to Radigalier. It's uh, pick 33 has been offered up, and the Cats are just... Um... Cats have said at this stage they're not accepting that. Yeah, Is that then, yeah, right? Exactly. Daniel, what do you think about that? Is that a reasonable trade for Asava Radigalier? I think it is. I think uh, if I look at it from both sides here, I know that Geelong are going to want to keep him because they will be saying Tom Hawkins will be retiring at the end of next season. So if we can hang on to him for one more year, then he'll be in. Um, but at the same time, it's about the player as well. And so um, absolutely, I think that it's a deal that should get done. He wants to come. Uh, and I think that I played with Asava at Geelong. I played with Alira Alira at um, Sydney. And they have had good years and then they have a couple of down years. But you put him in the right system and they can absolutely flourish, which is what we've seen with Alir, and I, I have no doubt Asava could do that as well. I'm absolutely done with the Cats this trade period. They they, they are just the most one-way traffic mob. I, I'm, I'm really done with it. They play the homesick card every time it suits them, and then it's unconscionable when someone actually wants to leave. I mean, Tim Kelly said he wants out, family reasons. Yeah, he'd signed a contract, but they refused to let him go. On the flip side, Gary Ablett Jr., remember when he wanted to come back to Geelong and, oh, he's going he's gonna to retire. Let him have don't. his homecoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let him come back. Then Ollie Henry, I mean, he's, they say, oh, he's homesick. He lives 45 <laughs> minutes down the road, for goodness sake, and they're not prepared to pay up a, a decent slug for him. Asava Radigalia can't get a game, has a club that is desperately wants to take him on. No, 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 we're not going to let him go either. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of done with the Cats. I just reckon, and they're saying, oh, no, well, you know we're a premiership team, so all of our players are better. If he can't, if he can't get a game, have a res- show some responsibility and give him an opportunity where he can find some shared value, but give him an opportunity. The cats have been pretty annoying, I reckon, and someone deserves to kick him up the backside and say, "Hey, just be a bit more reasonable in the circumstances." Do you want to have a quick listen to what Chris Davies had to say on the issue about Radical Ear Audio Six? I believe it is. Yes, off the top let of my me head. get that right up for you now. I reckon it's that one. There. I've been pretty slow, to be honest. Mm. Um, we've we've got pick thirty three. 
now, which is probably the pick that we've got earmarked for Asava if if that was to be what Geelong were were willing to do in, in sort of dealing. I, mean, I don't think anyone's going to leave the trade period thinking that 33 is not a reasonable pick for for Asava in, um, given you know, his lack of playing time in the Premiership team. But the challenge here is whether Geelong want to create a player who, who wants to leave. You know, he's, he's been clear in the fact that he wants to leave Geelong and wants to come to Port Adelaide, but it's Geelong's prerogative. Yeah, well, Geelong, just grow up. Start to actually be a little bit more reasonable. You just cry when they're not coming, when they want to leave, and then you you know, you know make up all of these shonky acts when they're trying to come to you. Um, just very quickly, boys, before we wrap it up, do you think Dunkley will get done tomorrow? Mm, I think it will. You think I, it will? Yeah, I do. I think it will. Um, he wants to go... Um, they're going to get a bit fairly back, so if, oh, I think I think it, we'll see it happen. Be very complicated from the Lions who need those picks for Ashcroft and uh, Fletcher, but um, I guess that's they can trade out some future second rounders and third rounders and try and get the capital there. It, it didn't happen last year to Essendon. Yep. I mean, do you really want to have this go on again for another season? It's yep. it's been multiple years now, and he's out of contract, so it could just potentially yep. walk. And Fascinating, yeah. And if he ends up in the preseason draft, and all of a sudden pick five Adelaide, they might have the salary cap to take him on. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Limo Energy SA, 100% Australian-owned with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. Off to a break. On the other side, we're going to talk cricket. We're going to talk WBBL, and we're going to talk to Maddie Penner, the rising star of the Adelaide Strikers. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day with Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel. Great to be joining you. The week's open line. If you want to get involved in the conversation, have a chat to Daniel about his footy career or anything you like. It's 8223 0000. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes discover different. Daniel, time to turn our attention to the WBBL. I would have to lay claim to being one of the most well-researched WBBL people. I see every one of the Adelaide Strikers home games and I can tell you that over the last two years, one of the real assets that we've had in the middle order and bowling a little bit of leg spin has been our next guest. Uh, her name is Maddie Penner. She's brought to us, thanks to Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power puts the power into your lane. Uh, originally from the ACT Meteors via the Melbourne Stars, she's now Adelaide Strikers and the South Australian Scorpions' own Maddie Penner. Maddie, welcome to Sports Day. Hey, guys. How are you going? Uh, just tell us a little bit about the trip to Mackay. I understand it was a little bit challenging this morning. Someone snuck through security at the airport. Everyone had to be rescreened. Was it you who snuck through? If I tell you, will I go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just keep, it, uh, keep that one to yourself. But it must have thrown a bit of a spanner in the works this morning. Yeah, definitely. You obviously don't go to the airport expecting to be evacuated. Um, so a few of us were in the in the Qantas club and there was a notification that came over the loudspeaker saying that everyone needs to evacuate, which obviously put a bit of fright in everyone's minds. Um, but we stood outside for a fair bit and luckily made our flight, which is, which is a good thing. Your third year with the Strikers, but I've just got to point out, you did make your debut with the Scorpions uh, just a week or two ago. That must have been a real thrill to be fully invested in South Australian cricket. Yeah, definitely. It was really exciting. Um, obviously, yeah, like you said, playing three years here with the Strikers, I, I really love their setup and their system. And obviously playing under Luke and Jude was something I really wanted to do. And I've played alongside 
the likes of Talia, uh, Megan and Darcy. So um, it was really nice to, yeah, run out there in the red uh, a few weeks ago. But now we're in, we're in the striker's blue and really looking forward to starting that season off. A couple of good performances with the Scorpions, a win and one of the most remarkable ties. We probably don't have time to reflect on that. Uh, we, we'll talk about uh, the Strikers and what's going on in Mackay, and then, of course, you're back home next week. Um, how's the team feeling uh, from a form and uh, preparation perspective? And how about your own game? I did notice you yeah, got some runs for West Torrens on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I did. It was actually quite nice to spend some time in the middle and, and hit a few runs, which which made me feel a little good. But, um, no, we've had a really good week of prep. Um, the girls are looking really good and everyone's um, really enjoying it. And I think they're really looking forward to starting us off on, on the weekend. So we're all just really keen to, yeah, play that first game, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You will be, no doubt, keen to get up there in Mackay. I imagine uh, it would be pretty warm up there for you. You've got back-to-back games, the 15th and the 16th, obviously. How do you reckon you'll go with... I guess recovery with that. Do you think there might be a few changes potentially in the games or um, how's that going to look for you guys? Um, no, I think um, it's pretty common in the Big Bash that we play back-to-back games. Um, obviously, given the heat up here, it might be a little bit challenging to, to back up the next morning. Um, but like I said, we've got a really good squad and um, are back the girls to, to recover well and, and perform the next day. So it should be interesting to see how we go. This side has built really well over the last couple of years, Maddie, and you've been a key part of that. Um, just fell over the line in the final against the Scorchers last year. Who do you think are the real threats besides the Adelaide Strikers for the title this year? Uh, I was actually saying that to one of the girls the other day. I think it's going to be quite an even competition this year. Like You have a look at some of the internationals spread out across the teams, and it looks pretty even. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think... I think we're going to be up there, hopefully. Um, and I think the Scorchers, um, the Heat, and I reckon the Hurricanes have a really good lineup this year as well. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And with DRS in play this year, a lot of things could, could change based on one game. So, um, yeah, looking forward to see how that plays out. Yeah, it sounds like it will be an interesting season. So, Maddie, for all the Adelaide fans out there, who is it that we've got to look out for this season? Who's going to... Uh, I guess maybe turn it on for you for you girls and uh, obviously light up the competition. I think all the, the whole the whole team, to be honest, all fourteen. Um, no, wow. <laughs> yeah, all fourteen. They're definitely winning it. Keep an eye out. For, yeah, eye out for us all. But um, no, I think obviously having the likes of Laura Woolbart back with us, um, she's been a key asset for us for the last few years, and obviously the new recruit of. Deandra Dotton, obviously someone's very exciting power hitter in the top of the order. Um, but I think Katie Mack having a, a breakout season last year, she's going to come back really strong with the with the bat again this year. And obviously, the, obviously Talia and Megan and Darcy are going to run in hard with the ball and, and bat as well. So we're looking really strong this year, and I'm looking forward to see how we go. We're talking to Maddie Penner from the Adelaide Strikers. It's thanks to KO. Don't risk missing all of your team's matches of the T20 World Cup on KO Sports. Watch the T20 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. Maddie, uh, I think what I love about uh, the batting lineup for the Adelaide Strikers is the amount of damage you can do, in particular where you play a number of your home games at Karen Rolton Oval. So, Katie Mack, if we bat around her, we've got yourself, we've got Deandra Dotton, Laura Woolvart, and Talia McGrath. All of you are real power players, and that ground is not big enough for any of you. If, if a couple of you get away, I really feel like there's some big scores in front of you. Yeah, look, I think Karen Rotten's obviously a great ground to play on and something we've played on the last few years now and we love playing there. And, yeah, like you said, hopefully we can get out there and put some big scores on and 
or chase and chase down some big scores. So yeah, looking forward to that. How's the knee, Maddie? I know you've had some dramas with it on and off throughout your career. I think you've, it's been a long term thing for you. How's that um, getting along? Yeah, look, my knee is actually one of the things that I haven't had to worry about for the last few years. Wow. Um, I had I had my shoulder operated on at the start of the year, so that's something that's um, in the back of my mind, I guess. Um, but that's feeling really good at the moment, and I've had my first preseason um, in the last four years, so I'm feeling really fit, um, really strong, and yeah, ready to go. So hopefully, no more operations in the near future, and I'm I'm all good to go. Tell me about Luke Williams. He's an old teammate of mine, Maddie. so uh, you can say whatever you like about him and uh, I'll, I'll be very comfortable with it. But he is the most under-the-radar coach I know. He's been remarkably successful with that group. I reckon there would be maybe 10% of cricket fans who would actually know the name of the coach of the Adelaide Strikers uh, WBBL team. Just tell us a bit about Luke. Yeah, he's amazing. I really get on well with Luke. He's just so calm and he the way he delivers messages and backs his players I think is something that's really important like he goes out there backing each and every one of us to to go and do our skills and whether we perform or not he still has in the back of his mind that we're such great players and I think that in a coach is something that's very hard to come by at times so yeah like I said he's he's a great guy to work under and um, really looking forward to seeing what he can do again this year with us, us girls. Matty, I'm really excited for the year for the Adelaide Strikers WBBL team. Third uh, two years ago, second last year. I reckon it's just a logical step to go uh, one further. Deandra Dotton comes in. She's going to be a huge asset. The Sixers and then the Renegades on the weekend in the Mackay. Then I think it's the uh, early next week, or late next week, I beg your pardon, when you're back here to take on uh, the Sydney Sixers. So a double against them. Go well, come home with a couple of wins, and then hopefully you can just put a real dent in the Sixers season early on. Uh, Matty Penner, thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Matty Penner there from the Adelaide Strikers and also the South Australian Scorpions. Good of her to join us. And they are right into the thick of it with WBBL 08 on Saturday when they take on... The Sydney Sixers. Uh, time for a break. Then Daniel Menzel, you and I to wrap things up with Tuesday True or False, one of my favourites. Don't go away. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Final term here on Sports Day SA with Ben Hook and Daniel Menzel, 0437 If you want to text in 8223 is the week's open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes discover different. Daniel, you're pretty new here. We play Tuesday True or False on Tuesday, obviously, and we do it thanks to Repco. You can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre for expert car service. Book online at repco.com. The deal is, mate, I make a statement, you rate it true or false, and uh, then we'll alternate over the course of the um, over the course of this segment. Right, first of all, footy one for you to get me underway. More clubs will adapt to a two-ruck model in 2023. So if you look at Fremantle, they've gone Darcy and Jackson. If you look at uh, the Melbourne, they've brought in Grundy to go with Gorn. So that's going to be something that we'll see a lot next year. Yeah, look, I'm going false on that. I think that um, we're, very, we're very much a prisoner of the moment society. And I think that if you look back at the previous decade of premiers, you've got Geelong in 22 without a great ruckman, Richmond in 22. But they played with two ruckmen. They played with two ruckmen, but... I mean, in saying that, one one's a good ruckman and one's, I, I guess he plays everywhere, a utility. So mm. 
I still think that you're going to have teams that are going to go, no, we'll back in our number one ruck and we'll have someone pinch. Again, the example of that is Richmond in, in uh, 2020, 2019, 2017. They did it with Sean Grigg. So the Bulldogs win it and then Hawthorne for three years as well. So I think that um, that's going to be a great tandem to watch. But if you haven't got it, why would you play it? Um, so I think that uh, I'm going to go false on that one. Okay, right. Uh, I'll put a little asterisk alongside that. I think we'll see a few of them next year. Well, your turn. Yeah, I'm going to throw this one out your hooky. I'm going to go Port Adelaide is flag favourite next year. Port Adelaide should be around the mark of flag favourite. If you are not considering Port Adelaide a top four team with what they've been able to do with the draft over the last 24 hours, then I don't think you're giving enough credit to where they're at. This is absolutely a team that's chips in. They've brought a really important small forward in. They've brought potentially one of the biggest name midfielders in the game that we'll see. And you've played against Jason Horn Francis. You'd know only too well how good he is. Port Adelaide should be absolutely all chips in on being a top four team next year. And if you make top four, I reckon you are right in it to your eyeball. So, yep, they are one of the flag favourites for me for sure. Uh, right, for you... I'm going to double-edged sword this one here for you, Daniel. Six years too long for a deal for Jason Horn francis Three years too short for a deal for Isaac Rankin. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'm going to touch on Horn francis first. I think that you can look at it, you can sit in two camps with this one. I'm going to say that it's potentially false, to be honest, on the on the too long for JH, JHF. The reason being is the CBAs um, come in and there's so much more money, obviously, in each CBA. So to give him six years, what he's going to be getting in his six year is might sound like a lot at the moment, but when we get there in six years' time, I guarantee you people will be saying he's been underpaid. Yeah. So I actually don't mind it. Um, probably not a hot take. I think a lot of people will say it is too long. And on uh, Isaac Rankin, the same thing there. I'm going to say um, too short, false as well. You back, I like how he's backing himself in as a player. Um, three years, he's gone. I'm going to get a decent amount of money, but there's going to be plenty more money in the next CBA as well. So I like that he's done that. It does give him um, – basically, it's, it's all on the way he plays, and he wants to play in the midfield, and if he does that, then he's going to be electric. I'm going to go to this one here, and I'm going to go to um, – the Gold Coast, actually, after what they've done with Jack Bowes, I'm going to go Gold Coast need a new list manager after giving up pick seven and Jack Bowes to the reigning premiers. Absolutely the most false thing I've ever heard in my life. It is a complete load of rubbish that this is the fault of the list manager at Geelong. I think the Jack Bowes trade it represents the total inequity of the system in AFL football. Geelong's a footy heartland in Melbourne, and to be fair, so is Adelaide and Perth. These places have two big material advantages. They get big crowds of adoring fans who turn up to create an atmosphere of belonging, and you know what we're talking about there. They've got huge corporate support, which can supplement inferior playing income. I mean, try and get a deal working Channel 7 Gold Coast when you're uh, when you're a Gold Coast player. So it's a one-way street for these clubs with the go-home factor. There's no go-home factor for Gold Coast or Western Sydney. Barely any AFL player is from there. So Geelong have a huge advantage. They can cut... I feel sorry for Gold Coast that have got to cut a deal with a guy like Jack Bowes to pay him all sorts of money to try and keep him. They're juggling all sorts of people on their books. It's really, really difficult. It's an inequitable system, and the AFL should actually give a 10 15% kick-along in the salary cap for those sorts of clubs. And when Tassie comes in, give them 25%. That is a massive problem, I reckon, in AFL football right now. One more for you. The Adelaide 36 is going to make the finals this season. Yes, they're absolutely going to make the finals. I think there was plenty of talk about the game where they beat the Phoenix Suns last week. Um, incredible. Randall, uh, the shooting guard, looks great. He's got 35. Franks, the power forward, 37. 
And McCarron had 16 assists in that game. And CJ Bruton, the new coach, has come in too. I don't think they're just going to make the finals. I think they're actually potentially going to win the comp this year. So that's definitely true. The uh, last one I've got for you is we're going to go to cricket. We're going to go to the much maligned Southern District Cricket Club. Should be rated the number one club in South Australia. This is true. Uh, they are absolutely kicked around like uh, like a they're, they're piffed like a, an empty packet of chips. Southern District, and they are actually, quite frankly, on my rating, the number one club in the competition. I reckon they're probably going to end up in Division Two next year. They've lost their women's teams. It's it. They've really struggled. But I'll put it to you like this: Alex Carey, arguably alongside Travis Head, the best player we've produced in the last fifteen years, is from Southern District. Talia McGrath, right now probably the number one all-rounder in the world, produced by Southern District Cricket Club. And even though, strictly speaking, uh, Southern District didn't produce her, she went to Sturt. But Megan Shute, the number one bowler in the world for women's cricket, comes from Hackham, grew up in that southern area. So as much as this club has been maligned and has had some real challenges, they actually deserve to be really encouraged and supported because they produce some of the best players we've ever been able to see in the last 15 years in Australian cricket. So Southern District, they're underrated, but they are doing a wonderful job and I just hope they stick with it down there. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Well, that wraps up a Tuesday True or False and that wraps up our show together, Daniel. It's been very much enjoyable, my man. No, it's been great to be here, Hooky. It's a really interesting time, obviously, with the trade period finishing up tomorrow night. So, uh, no, it's been great to be here with you and have a chat about that in particular. We will have all of the latest on the trade tomorrow night, so hopefully you can join us then. Thanks very much for your company. It'll be Sports Day once again tomorrow night. Bye for now. Sports Day for Kia. The Kia Sportage. Drive car of the year. And Lumo SA. Aussie owned. Made for South Australia. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.